Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, Now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant. Hi everybody, this is Jerry Bryant. Welcome to another edition of Full Circle, the classic Jesus music radio show, where I'm taking you back to where it all began. Now, not long ago here in Nashville, My good friend Bob Farrell had a medical emergency, which resulted in some unexpected expenses. So, some of the local Nashville Christian musicians banded together to help offset some of that cost with a concert that featured Steve Green, Bill Kagey, and a few other local artists. Wayne Watson was one of those friends and flew in from out of town. And while he was in Nashville, I had a chance to touch base and feature him as a special guest on Full Circle. Now, I first met Wayne in 1979 at the Fellowship of Contemporary Christian Ministries Conference in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And just on a side note regarding the FCCM, if any of you out there have a first edition of Paul Baker's book, Why Should the Devil Have All the Good Music? You'll find yours truly in a group photo with other Jesus musicians and broadcasters in the middle of that book at the first annual FCCM conference. So backstage at the Bob Farrow Benefit, I started out my conversation by asking Wayne about his musical influences, and here's what he had to say. This is Full Circle. I think I remember seeing the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. I remember watching Ricky Nelson play a song at the end of every... I didn't didn't particularly like Ozzy and Harriet, but every night, every show, Ricky Nelson would play his acoustic guitar. I'm a traveling... I was like, oh, that is... I'll tell you, I was driving to the airport this morning, and I had the satellite on 60s, uh, 60s on 6. And I'm listening to 60s music, and I hear the Dave Clark 5, and it has the year out beside it, 1964. And I thought, I was 10 years old. How did I get so into that at 10 years old? And where did I hear it? I heard it on the radio, of course. And then uh, the, the 70s and the middle 70s, I heard... You know, Dallas, home, and Don Francisco, and of course, Keith Green was coming along, Randy Stonehill, Larry Norman, and I remember sitting holding Imperial albums in my hand as a as a married father, sitting on the floor thinking, man, that sounds so good. It's such a good vehicle to tell the, the truth uh, of, the, of the gospel. I love it. And so when it came time to pick up the guitar and to play music for myself because of my upbringing, I really never considered doing anything but music about, about the Lord and about a walk with Him. I didn't want to waste my time with anything else. You might not know that Wayne originally planned to pursue a career playing baseball. But while he was in college, he began dabbling in music. And then after graduation, regularly performed in area churches, even released a custom album in 1978 on his own called Canvas for the Sun. 
very rare album. Even tried to track it down, and I don't know anyone who has it. But if you have a copy, and you could have the songs transferred from vinyl to MP3, please let me know. I'll feature a couple of tracks on an upcoming episode. Thanks. Coming from where I came from, I had no aspirations to do that, this at all. I wanted to be a baseball player, and where I came from, I didn't dream very big. I, I thought I'd be a, a, a noble school teacher or a, a, a music minister at a church or whatever. I did audition for a, a restaurant one time when things got very bleak to play in a lounge, and I auditioned in the afternoon, and it felt so bad to me. It made me physically ill to think that I would have to spend my life doing that. And I just told the Lord, I'll do anything, but I'm not going to do this. Please give me another way. And he did. It took some time, but he did. In 1979, while leading worship at a Christian youth camp, the father of one of the children videotaped Wayne's performance and sent it to a Christian music industry rep in Nashville, Tennessee. They were so impressed that they signed Wayne to their label, Milk and Honey Records. His debut LP, Working in the Final Hour, was released in 1980. Here's Wayne once again sharing his story of those early years, as well as giving us some insight to that album and the song, Touch of the Master's Hand, which was all over the radio that year. Working in the final hour. I asked them why they named it that, and that lyric does not appear in that record at all. There's a, uh, a lyric in a song called I Don't Want Your Money on that record that says uh, something about when we get to eternity, we'll be wealthy in the final hour with true wealth in the kingdom of God. And they took that and turned it into working. I never, but I was such a timid, like, I'm just so glad to be here. <laughs> you do whatever you want. And they named it that. First of all, I did not write Touch of the Master's Hand. A lot of people think I did. And if, these days, if you Google an artist and, and a song name, they'll attribute that song to the artist that's, that has sung it. And it's very unjust for that to happen for the songwriter. A guy named John Cramp wrote the music and put that poem written by Myra Welch in the 1940s to music. He gave it to me to try, and I sat on it in my piano bench for two years and was arranging music to put uh, in a set for a camp I was going to do. Pulled it out, played it, and they, that's where it started. Well, it was battered and scarred in the auctioneer felt It was hardly worth his while To waste much time on the old violin But he held it up with a smile It sure ain't much, but it's all we got left I guess we ought to sell it too now who'll start the beat on the soul violin? Just one more and we'll be through. And then he cried, One, give me one dollar, who'll make it two? Only two dollars, who'll make it three? Three dollars twice, now that's a good price. But who's got a bid for me? Raise up your hand and don't wait any longer. The auction's about to end. Who's got four, just one dollar more To bid on the soul violin Well, the air was hot And the people stood around As the sun was setting low From 
from the back of the crowd, a gray-haired man came forward, picked up the bow. He wiped the dust from the old violin, and he tightened up the strings. Then he played out a melody pure and sweet, sweet as the angels sing. Then the music stopped and the auctioneer With a voice that was quiet and low He said, what is my bid for this old violin? Then he held it up with a bow Then he cried out, one, give me one thousand Who'll make it two? Only two thousand, who'll make it three? thousand twice, well that's a big price, but who's got a bid for me? The people called out, what well, made the change, we don't understand. Then the auctioneer stopped, and he said with a smile, it was the touch of the master's hand. Now you know many a man with life attitude Is battered and scarred with sin And he's auctioned cheap to a thankless world Much like the old violin Then the master comes in the foolish crowd They never understand The worth of a soul Chains wrought just by the touch of the master's hand. Again he cried out, One, give me one thousand, who'll make it two? Only two thousand, who'll make it three? Three thousand twice, well, that's a good price. But who's got a bid for me? The people called out, What made the change? We don't understand Then the auctioneer stopped And he said with a smile It was the touch Of the master's hand It was the touch Of the master's hand It was the touch Of the master's hand Wayne Watson opening the show with the story song Touch of the Master's Hand which was the first in a long line of hits that would end up totaling 23 number one singles on Christian radio in the 80s and the 90s. This is Jerry Bryant. Let's continue to look at the music and ministry of my special guest, Wayne Watson. We talked about a lot of things in our time together, some dating way back into his childhood. And in this next segment, Wayne discusses his first guitar, as well as the title track to the second album, New Lives for Old. 
Well, I did play guitar. I mean, my uh, my dad died in 1997, but before he died, he took a little Roy Rogers guitar that I had, I think, when I was five. It had plastic strings. It wasn't a real guitar. And he put it in a shadow box to mount on the wall and has a plaque on the bottom, Wayne's first guitar. But um, I played guitar first and pretty much taught myself on a guitar from uh, Western Auto. The uh, Silvertone brand from Sears was out of reach for me. It was too expensive, but Western Auto Stores had a brand called True Tone. And I bought a True Tone guitar, and the strings were so stinking high off the neck. I mean, you just could not play certain chords. Um, but over the years, I bought other guitars, and uh, my mom was a, a piano player and organist at our church, and so she encouraged me to pick that up. But guitar was the first thing. Looking back to 1982, Wayne Watson, New Lies for Old, which peaked in the charts at the number five spot on October 27th for a total of 13 weeks. And coming up, Wayne recalls meeting a Jesus music artist that released an album on a major label, combining the gospel message with rock and roll. And back then, that was unheard of. They say he ran a carnival Used to come to town Till one September afternoon He shut it down They tell me something happened Some say he lost his mind Now most September afternoons This is what you find an old man on the corner where he used to sell the show. Now he shouts what sounds like foolishness as the people come and go. Since that afternoon, he's just been that way It's like the old man died and someone came to take his place Now he just stands out there bellowing A smile upon his wrinkled face
this story As I once passed through that town I thought I ought to stop and see If he's still around There was someone on that corner Where I heard he'd always stand And he chuckled when I asked him Where I could find the man He said, thank God that crazy fool finally died last spring. And I said, I'll take up where he left off then, cause I'm pushing the same thing. You're listening to Full Circle, where I'm taking you back to where it all began. Now, during the course of his travels, my special guest, Wayne Watson, was able to meet many of the artists that he himself grew up listening to. He discusses a time when he actually worked with Larry Norman, who was one of the first Jesus music artists to release an album on a major label combining the gospel message with rock and roll. I, I crossed paths one time with Larry Norman as a judge or, or as a panelist on a songwriting symposium in, in Estes Park when we used to go up there every summer. And he was a funny guy, man. He went on this rant about the, all this soft music and our God's a big God and we should use big music. And I came to me to have a comment and I said, well, you know, I, I think God embodies everything and we hopefully embody everything he is, which is tender and gentle and soft and loud and strong and big. And Larry's response was well yeah (laughs) he was he was a funny cat like wayne larry was no stranger to story songs and here's one of larry's that i'm sure wayne grew up listening to in his song by song commentary larry said that this particular song was a parable written in the style of a 1920s broadway melody with a classic tin pan alley flair his friend actor and musician dudley moore joins him on piano. Now, the subject matter includes premillennial dispensationalist eschatology, but Larry even makes this sound good, with the idea of the glorious appearing of Jesus descending the Mount of Olives, like Fred Astaire 
tap dancing down a staircase, omitting all the blood and death. <laughs> Looking back to 1976, Larry Norman with The Sun Begin to Rain, a.k.a. The Sun Begin to Rain. A thief fell out of heaven with some loaded dice, but the lamb rolled a seven back to paradise. The bread was finally leavened, so I had a slice, and the sun began to rain. Water swelled from fountains and then turned to wine. Rocks fell from the mountains in a chorus line. He came in tails and top hat, and he looked so fine. Yes, the sun began to rain. A fox snuck in to steal away the grapes. But the man who ran the vineyard shut the gate. So he could not escape, and now we'll live forever in It first was planned Did you get your invitation To come play in the band And let the sun begin To rain Hey, this is Larry Norman And you're listening to Full Circle With Jerry Bryant This is Jerry Bryant And I've been encouraged as of late By those who have started writing To let me know that they love the show there are old friends writing again, too, like Judy Gale, who wrote again and is underwriting an upcoming tribute to the late Roby Duke. Thanks, Judy. You know, your prayers and letters of encouragement and financial support of the program mean so much. Even with the thousands of folks that we reach on the web via iTunes, MixUtah.com, CCMRewind.com, PodBay.fm, ClassicChristianRock.net, DigitalPodcast.com, the TuneIn Radio app, Roku TV, and other radio station affiliates, we still have been needing to appeal for new partners of the ministry. If you're willing to join this family, you can give any amount once or monthly at my website, at FullCircleJesusMusic.com That's FullCircleJesusMusic.com And when you give, you'll receive a tax-exempt receipt. Did you also know that you can have the radio show sent to you every time a new show is released? Go to my website and you can see where you can sign up. And please join my monthly Full Circle email blast when you send me your email address. And also... Please join the Facebook Full Circle Jesus Music page so we can all stay in touch. I've been in conversation with my special guest, Wayne Watson, and we began to talk about his third album in the title track, Man in the Middle. I asked him if he had any special memories of the recording of that album, and here's what he had to say. Third album was called Man in the Middle. Um, Brian Tankersley, who has gone on to produce uh, lots of country action, Nia Twain and the Judds and uh, Brooks and Dunn and people like that, who lately uh, 
we have reconnected in Houston. He worked for Lakewood Church and Joel Osteen down there for years and now has gone back to producing again. But he produced that record for me and we we all sang back up and we had other artists that would travel through. And you know, we didn't we didn't have to have any reason to stop by a studio and if a session was going on they said hey would you sing on this we'd go out and do it or hey you got your guitar with you would you play something for you and it was just fun you know I, I do a lot of the recording I do now at home and it's nice and private and I can do it as many times as I want to until I feel good about it but I remember those early days of having all the guys in the room and just playing and playing off each other and having a really really fun time with it and I kind of missed that that was one of the good memories with a song that debuted in the charts in December of 1984 and peaked in February of 1985 in the number 10 spot for a total of 21 weeks, here's Wayne Watson, Man in the Middle. There's a lot more coming in my special interview as well as a song that's probably my favorite Wayne Watson memory. So stay tuned.
full circle. Hi, everybody. This is Wayne Watson, and you're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Classic Jesus music, looking back to where it all began. This is Jerry Bryant. We're back, and we've been hearing from Wayne Watson on this episode of Full Circle regarding his involvement within Christian music throughout the 80s and 90s. In 1985, Wayne approached a new season in his ministry with a new label called Dayspring Records. His first record for them was called Giants in the Land, and the approach on this one seemed to be more geared to producing singles instead of the album-oriented material he had released in the past. This produced a number of top 10 hits. Now I asked Wayne if there was a strategy he employed in order to get a foothold into this new label, and here was his response. No, not really. I never had a strategy. I've never been good with strategy. I, I, don't ask me what my five-year plan is. My five-year plan is to stay alive and uh, <laughs> to try to take care of myself and my family and, and, and be obedient. Um, we never strategized. I mean, I never had a record label. I never had anybody, and I think this is unusual because I've heard other artists have had this situation. I never had a record label, an A&R person, uh, any executive from a record company come to me and say, hey, you need to cut your hair, you need to do this, you need to wear that, you need to sing this kind of song when you're on stage, you need to do this. Nobody ever said that to me, not a manager, not anybody. So it all just sort of evolved in God's time. So, even though Wayne was signed to a new label with major distribution through Word Records, he was able to make his own way, instead of his creativity being controlled by the record company. Just as his career had been going through a new season, his life was as well, as he revealed when I asked him about the song Peace That Passes Understanding. I wrote Peace That Passes Understanding after my favorite uncle uh, went to the back of his home with a pistol and ended his life. And it just tore me up. Uh, he, uh, some people probably won't, won't agree with this, he, he was um, 62 years old before he gave his heart to Christ. But before that, even before that, he was the nicest, most gentle, loving person I knew. Person, not man person, even before he met Jesus. And he watched our lives and our family, and he gave his heart to Christ, and then he was stricken with Parkinson's so badly that he just couldn't function anymore. And he took his life. And I had a strange peace in me that should not have been there. I remember thinking, this is not logical. This is illogical peace. This should not be here. I should be a mess. I should be a heap on the floor in the middle of this loss that is so senseless and so tragic, and I wasn't. And that's where that song came from. It was that, that piece the scripture talks about that's beyond our understanding. With the song that was on the chart 17 weeks, beginning on May 27th of 1986, and landing at number three. And that's fine and well. It was also my favorite song from my special guest. Wayne Watson, Peace That Passes Understanding, on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Seasons of my soul, they come and go, but as they slip away, I know. 
This is Jerry Bryant with a special edition of Full Circle with Wayne Watson as my guest. 
Now, if you've missed the first part of the interview, you can go to my website at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And look up this episode, either on the artist playlist or song playlist, and hear the whole interview again. And while you're there, you could check out a photo of Wayne and me, or some other show you've missed, and so much more at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. My next song from Wayne is called Somewhere in the World, and it holds a special place in the heart of my writer Russell Baum, as it was featured during his wedding reception along with a slideshow of old photographs of his new bride Annette and himself when they were very young. Now for those of you who have never heard the song before, you'll see the relevance of this type of presentation after hearing Wayne discuss the background behind the song as well as the song itself. Somewhere in the World um, was written about my sons. I don't really know where the, the thought came from. And I just remember praying one night for little girls that were their age somewhere. I remember they're not down the street. Maybe they're down the street, or maybe they're in their school, or maybe they're in the church Sunday school class, or the nursery, or maybe they haven't been born yet. But whoever she is, God, give her mom and dad wisdom. Give her protection. And all these different things we prayed. And both of them have done very well.
Dwayne Watson, Somewhere in the World on Full Circle. Now, based on Wayne's success of his album Giants in the Land, the first on the Dayspring record label, the powers that be were confident enough in Wayne's ability both as a songwriter and producer to let him take the reins on the album Watercolor Ponies, in which he wrote all the songs himself except for three, which he co-wrote with some of his musical friends. Now, he also produced a number of albums for the group Harvest throughout the 80s. Well, this course of action on the part of the record company turned out to be a good call, as this LP became one of his most popular albums, both in sales and in charts. Many of the songs were written out of deep personal experiences, as well as the hopes and dreams for his family. Our feature song is just one example. It just happens to be the title track. Here's Wayne to fill us in on the story behind this memorable song. Well, Watercolor Ponies was uh, sort of a a follow-up to somewhere in the world. There was literally a watercolor drawing of something on the refrigerator that looked like a horse or a pony that my little son Adam had had done at school. And I remember having coffee one day sitting there and looking at that picture and imagining what was to come and trying to imagine what will the next five years be like? What will the next, what will happen when they leave? What what kind of young men will they be? What will they do with their lives? And uh, so that's where that came from. Susan Ashton actually was the duet voice on that song. It was the first thing she'd ever recorded on, first song she'd ever sung on. She did it on the first take. I had listened to her warm up and sing a little bit out in the big room of the studio. We went in the vocal booth and I told the engineer, I said, you need to push the button right now because she might nail this on the first take and she did. Just phenomenal talent and um, so that was that was a great memory. But the song that debuted in the number one spot on January 25th, 1988 for a total of 16 weeks. Wayne Watson, Watercolor Ponies and coming up. A transparent moment with Wayne as he shares about one of his best love songs. Heart to hold the rest. 
But baby, what will we do when it comes back to me and you? They look a little less like little boys every day. Oh, the pleasure of watching the children growing is mixed with a bitter cup of knowing the water color ponies will one day ride away. And the vision can get so narrow as you view through your tiny world. And little victories can go by with no But in the greater evaluation As they fly from your nest of love May they mount up with wings as eagles for his cause Still I wonder, baby, what will we do comes back to me and you They look a little less Like little boys every day Oh, the pleasure of watching the children growing Is mixed with a bitter cup Of knowing the watercolor ponies Will one day The title track from Wayne Watson's seventh album, Watercolor Ponies, inspired by Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. This is Jerry Bryant. I started in Christian radio in 1972, and, well, I confess I'm feeling a little older from time to time even have a sense of urgency to lay down some classic oldie tracks for those who may have forgotten or never knew where the roots of today's CCM started. That's part of the reason I've been asking you to support the radio show and become part of our family. Because if you respond with your financial giving, it'll enable me to put out more shows faster and help complete my mission to take you back to where it all began. Would you write me this week at info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com? That's info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And let me know you'd like to start financially blessing this ministry. Or you could go to my webpage at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com and use the donate button. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. Thanks. 
Hi, everybody. This is Wayne Watson, and you're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant, the classic Jesus music radio show, taking a look back to where it all began. Thanks, Wayne. You know, we're almost at the end of this special episode with my guest, but I don't want to forget about another big hit from an album that peaked in the charts about seven months earlier, also landed in the number one spot. The track is called Friend of a Wounded Heart, and it resonates with myself as well as so many of those I meet with on a day-to-day basis. They know what it's like to have had a wounded heart, as I do. And sometimes, just being a friend can help facilitate the healing that only the Lord can bring to each and everyone's unique situation. Here's Wayne one last time to fill us in regarding the background into this timeless classic. Well, the older I get, the more I like being around wounded people because their pride has been checked. And I wrote a song years, not too many years ago, called Something's Gonna Humble You. And uh, something will. Uh, You may not admit it. You may try to cover that up too, but something will, life will humble you eventually. And God will use something if he needs to get your attention. And I like being around people that have been beaten up a little bit. I didn't used to until I was beaten up a little bit. I like the transparency of people who are not proud. Friend of a Wounded Heart was supposed to be about someone else who smiles and makes people think you're happy and lies and says everything is fine. But as the years went by, I realized I was writing about myself because I had uh, grown up in church and a very legalistic, uh, hyper-spiritual uh, church, not, not a home environment. My pa- parents were not like that, but the church was very strict and legalistic and uh, not much grace there. And uh, I felt like a failure most of my life. I felt guilty over things I didn't even do. I just didn't want people to know it. I wanted to keep the facade up. Some very transparent insight there from Wayne, and I'd like to thank him again for taking the time out of a very busy day that he was having to give me this interview and sharing openly and honestly all that the Lord has done in his life. Looking back to 1987, Wayne Watson, friend of a wounded heart. Someone to share 
Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circles recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Written by Russell Baum and engineered by Jeff Kane. Full Circle is a JSR production. This is Full Circle.